You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1092, and I think we have a good one for you today. I'm excited to have Mei Lon Ding here. She's president of Personnel Service System, System Associates. Sorry about that. You know, rapid rise in city and state minimum wage laws has combined with low unemployment. It's creating a compensation ticking time bomb. And I've asked Maylene Lon to come and kind of share some of that with us today. So welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you very much, Rick. Let's start by having you tell me a little bit about your compensation consulting business and your experience. Set the context for why you're able to talk about this ticking time bomb. Okay, so uh, I design salary, bonus, stock, and employee performance management plans for companies. That's a mouthful. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Basically, I tell them how much to pay them okay. and what is the basis for determining the right amount of pay for each person, okay. both their base salary as well as their incentive pay. For what, what type of companies? You know, uh, My clients are primarily privately held. Okay. Uh, they're primarily ranging in size from 20 to $150 million in annual revenue. They're primarily located in Southern California. Okay. Um, are there employees <clears throat> exclusively in Southern California? Or uh, some, some of them, the some of them are have. nationals. One of my largest clients has been Mercury Insurance. Of course, oh, they sure. have offices around yeah, the country. Right. Uh, How much more insurance. complicated is it for the CEO of a, of a company that has multi-state employees versus just California? It is hugely more <laughs> difficult because many states... Uh, vary their employment laws from the federal law. Okay. And in particular, California right. has very different laws from the federal law, uh-huh. some of which I'm going to be talking about today. Right. So, you know, we talk, we talk about this as the compensation ticking time bombs. I got that from you, which I, I kind of love that title. But why do you phrase it that way? Uh, I think that... Uh, <clears throat> there are two laws I'm going to talk about. One, one are the minimum wage laws, but the second one is the California Fair Pay Act. Okay. And I think they're both a little bit under the radar for employers because I think employers think, oh, you know, if I'm compliant, if I'm in compliance with the federal law, well, I'm probably in compliance with the state law, and that's not true. A, B, these two laws, although they are in effect today, their impact is going to grow year by year. The minimum wage laws are set to increase at a state level at almost 10% a year. Compare that to average wage uh, budgets for employers now rising Uh at around 3% a year. Okay. But that's just the minimum wage. That's just the minimum. That just impacts the minimum wage. Yeah, but also all the employees who are above but closer to the minimum wage. So basically, your hourly workforce, maybe all the way up to about $20 an hour, are all going to be expecting... Impacted by this. Yeah, they're all going to be impacted by it. And I think a lot of employers are going to be caught by surprise. They're thinking, oh, 
I don't have any many many employees near the minimum wage. Right. I have very few. Right. So why do I need to worry about this? Well, right. number one, because that minimum wage is rising so fast, that it's going to get close okay. to your lowest, as an employer, your lowest wage. It's going to get close pretty fast. And number two, the employees in your company who are closest to the minimum wage expect to maintain a significant differential to the minimum. You know, you, you, you and I, when we were meeting earlier, um, I was telling you how one of the stories that I have in my new book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, about unintended consequences of business decisions, is an example of Walmart, where they had this exact issue, where they decided to raise the pay of their minimum wage employees without taking into account the people that were a few dollars above them. And that created a huge issue for them with the employees that had been there for up to 10 years, but we're now making close to what these quote-unquote new hires were making. So it can happen in a big company like Walmart with thousands of employees, and it can happen in a small 50-person company here in Orange County too, can it, May? Yes, absolutely. In fact, major national retail employers and financial institutions have announced that on a national basis they are dramatically increasing the lowest wage they pay across the country. What's dramatic? Do okay. You have the... Well, so for instance, uh, Bank of America says that their lowest wage they're going to pay anywhere in the country is going to be $15 an hour. Wow. And Wells Fargo, same thing, $15 an hour. And of course, that's the lowest anywhere. That means that in California, they'll probably pay higher. Okay. 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 The, and in Los Angeles, maybe even higher than in California as a whole. So I'm talking with May Long Ding, and where she's the president of Personnel Systems Associates, and we're talking about the ticking time bombs as it relates to compensation. And the first one we're dealing with in this block is the minimum wage. Um, so you, you clearly explained that there's a federal kind of best practice, wage practice. There's states that have their own. But as far as minimum wage goes, aren't even locales and cities having their own view of what a living minimum wage should be? I mean, it's just even more complexity for the business That's owner. That's right. right. That's right. So, of course, the federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour. The California minimum wage this year is $11 an hour. Okay. Okay. But the Los Angeles minimum wage right now is $12, and in July 1st of this year, it's going to go to thirteen twenty-five. So this is part of the aggressive rate increases That's that you're right. talking about. So Los Angeles County is significantly higher than the state. And the mm -hmm. state is significantly higher than the Fed. Right. Okay. And if you go to cities like San Francisco or Berkeley or Mountain View, well, Berkeley, Mountain View, and Sunnyvale are already at $15 an hour. Already at 15 Already at 15 Other, you know, the state of California and, plans and that's to go where to you, that's where you employ them, not where they live. Is that right? That's right. That's what... It's, so if your company is in Orange County, but your workers live in L.A., you pay them the prevailing rate for the city in which you operate. In, in which that employee works. Okay. So if if that employee lives in Orange County, but they're commuting to see their customers in Los Angeles County, you have to pay them the Los Angeles County. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's where they are doing the work. Whoa. So this is complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, this... It requires someone with your expertise to be able to just explain to the CEO how to properly pay somebody. Yeah, it's very complicated. It can get very complicated. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and I'm sure if you don't pay them properly, some governmental agency finds out and penalizes you. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. that's unpleasant. 
Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the the uh, the uh, penalties are not only the back wages for two to four years back wages on uh-huh. what you failed to pay, uh-huh. but usually they double that amount in terms of making it a fine. Uh, and then, and who collects the fines? Uh, well, the the individual, California, the employee, doesn't though, right? No, yeah, the the employee gets their back wages. Right. The state of California collects a fine for themselves. Yeah, uh, for the trouble, right? For their trouble. And let's say that you had a number of employees who were not paid their due minimum wage, maybe because you didn't realize that even though your headquarters was in Orange County, they were doing their work in Los Angeles. Right. I mean, I think that anybody who's mm-hmm. listening to the show today, if, if we had our engineer ready, would play the gong because that was a very important... There you go. Our loyal <laughs> listeners know if they hear the gong to maybe go back a couple minutes and pick up what May Long was talking about. But I would have thought, you corrected it for me, it's not where you employ them, it's where they do their work. So if they're an outside salesperson or a technician or something on site with a you have to look at the city they're doing their work in. That's right. Oh and you goodness. get enough employees together, and they may not really, they, although they can have the state represent them for free, they can, if there's enough of them, they can find an attorney who will represent them for okay. free. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going we're gonna to take our break. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to say enough, enough is enough. And we're going to take a very short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the second law yes. that you consider a... California Fair Pay Act. California Fair Pay Act. Fair the pay second Act. part mm-hmm. of the... Compensation Ticking Time Bomb with May Londing, President of Personnel Systems Associates. We'll be right back after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites who put uh, their CEO's interview on their website. You know, since we started this show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream, podcasts, and other channels like YouTube. We do a video. You can watch this Facebook Live on uh, Critical Mass or octalkradio.net. <clears throat> All right, I said in the second block we were going to talk about the second law that's a ticking time bomb from a compensation perspective. Melon, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, the second law that I think that employers are underestimating is the new California Fair Pay Act. The federal law has had, you know, something called the Equal Pay Act uh, since the 60s. So it's, it's been around for a long time. But California just passed their own version that is much more employee-friendly and much more demanding of employers. What were they trying to solve? What problem were they trying to solve by passing this law? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, Number one is that they wanted to make sure that employers were not basing uh, 
pay offers for employees based on their former rate of pay at another employer because they didn't want to institutionalize gender and race <coughs> discrimination that already exists in the marketplace. So if, if women and minorities are underpaid and you just pay them, pay everyone 3% more than they used to get paid in their old employer or 5% more than they used to get paid, then all you're doing is right. maintaining that same differential, that same illegal differential. Okay, so that sounds like a perfectly logical thing that you want to do. And my book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, is about unintended consequences of decisions that you make. Are there? Why do you consider this law a ticking time bomb then? Uh, I consider it a ticking time bomb because the way they have worded this law is that an employer must base the offer on a job-related and business-related rationale. And the employer is obligated by law to be able to explain any difference in pay between two people doing similar, not exactly the same, but similar work. And the truth is that traditionally, a majority of employers have based pay decisions on discretionary and subjective factors. Okay, so even independent of the not paying them what they made before, not looking at their past history, even with your current employee population, you could be at risk. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And I think this is a part of the law that the majority of employers, particularly smaller and middle market em employers who don't have a HR manager yeah, right. uh, to keep on top of this stuff, they may not understand how tough this new law is. But when, when would you be called on the carpet to justify that difference? How would that happen? <clears throat> so, because this is a new law, the issues are being tested in the courts right now. And the question is, will the state care if there's a 10 cent difference between two people doing pretty similar work where you don't have any objective justification for that 10 cent difference? Think back to how these people got to their current pay levels. Right. Well, because it used to not be against the law to ask them what they used to make, right? And you used to base your pay uh, offer right. on what they used to make. Right, right. You right? didn't want to underpay and, them. And you so, had to pay them a something. Yeah, so over or, time, so now they've worked for you for 10 or 12 years. Right, but they came in at that base pay. Correct. Is what you're, so you have this grandfathered problem. That's right. Exactly. And, so you, and then you've given them increases over time. And so you might say, oh, well, this one's a good performer. I'm going to give them 5%. Yeah, right. And this one's not as good, and I'm going to give them 3%. And this one's terrible. I'm going to give them nothing. Yes. Okay. But you have to have, you have to be able to justify the, those adjustments based not just on your subjective assessment of this one's a good performer, this one's an average performer, this one's a poor performer. It has to be based on objective criteria. Wow. Objective. Okay, criteria. but I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. Who is going to call you on the carpet for this? When does this happen? Like, you know, right well, now. The right now, it's the big employers. Big employers are the are number one target because plaintiffs' attorneys yeah. will make the most money. Right. Because if they're out of compliance, then those plaintiffs' attorneys representing all those employees that are out of compliance, they're going to make huge. They're going to make 
many millions of dollars on each case, the plaintiff's employers. Okay, so, but you're, you're an expert, compensation expert. Mm -hmm. You help companies do this stuff. Heretofore, wouldn't you think that this problem is existing in most companies? Not intentionally, but just by virtue of how you explained it? Yes. And so that's why I call it the ticking time bomb. And it's going to explode. Another, that's an unintended consequence of the law. It wasn't really intended to attack this thing. I mean, because what's your, what's your recourse then? My, my expectation is then the only choice the employer has is to bring everybody up to the highest paid okay. person in that so, category. So, yes, that's right. In fact, <laughs> in fact, the law prevents you from decreasing anyone's pay. The law says you can only increase pay. You cannot decrease pay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but it's gallows humor. I mean, okay, so, what so, the hell? So here, here's my recommendations for employers. Number one, you need to go through and you need to examine your job descriptions and your job family design because the law is focused on jobs which are similar. Yes. Significantly similar. Almost equal. Okay. Okay? So your number one defense is, well, they're not the same job. Okay. So, but if they are the same job, you've got a problem, right? Job, so if you have a bunch of warehouse workers, they're all warehouse workers. Yes. You may have managers and supervisors, but at the end of the day, right. the largest population are those people moving boxes. Right, okay. right, right. Oh, and you goodness. could say, well, managers are different from yeah, non-managers. Yeah, supervisors. Yes, you can say yeah, that. Right, but let's that. say you have a warehouse worker one and a warehouse worker two, okay? Then the question is, are they really doing different duties? Are the ones that are in two, are they clearly more experienced uh, what is the basis for deciding this one's a two and this one's a one okay so so you're gonna have to defend as an employer you have to defend those those decisions so that's number one job descriptions and your job family design number two is create a pay policy that links pay to defensible factors and measurements what is defensible that's objective. Numbers. Yes, numerical. Facts. That's right. Numbers. You moved six boxes, he moved five. I'm giving yes. you more. Exactly right. Exactly right. Number three, uh, you need to do an internal audit on your current pay practice so you can fix it. You right. need to figure out what's out of line right. and go in and fix it. Right. An ounce okay. of prevention is worth a pound <laughs> of cure, right? That's right. Don't wait for the plaintiff's attorneys to right. find you. Right. And, and like I said, they're probably going to start at the, with the biggest companies and work their way down to the smaller ones. Okay. Work, start with where the most money is to be made. So the thing is, you don't want your internal HR department or your finance department to do this audit because then that becomes evidence for the plaintiff's attorney. Oh, boy. You want to work through your outside legal counsel so that you keep that attorney-client privilege on the findings. Boy, and we've been talking a lot about attorney-client privilege. <laughs> so if you're listening to this as a live stream or a not too far ago podcast, it's all over the news. So how can we not understand that concept? Right. And ideally, that attorney actually hires a third party to do the analysis. So your own internal employees don't know the answer. Is this an expensive thing for these business owners to go through? Yeah, it is expensive, but it's more expensive to get caught with your pants down. Wow, but that's always the case, isn't it? I mean, it's like, geez, you have to make, you only have so much money to put at these different problems. You've got to figure out where's your biggest risk. Oh, man, this is, right. un this is unfortunate. Okay, do you have any other recommendations well, that we didn't? Well, and then you need, you need to adjust those employees' yeah. pay as soon as possible, and you need to consult with your attorney about possible back pay obligations because, because eh, technically you could argue that 
that you need to make these things right, starting with the effective date of the law. When's that? I believe it was January, January 1st of last year okay. for, for gender pay discrimination, January 1st of this year for race-based discrimination. And we're in April right now, so we're, it's a quarter yeah. live. So, you know, I mean, it, I, I'm just in my head as you're explaining this, I'm just playing a scenario where let's say Paul the engineer is our boss and you make, you make significantly more to me and we both do this radio show, talk show thing. And Paul comes to me and brings me up to pay parity with you. You find out that I'm at pay parity with you. Now you're mad at Paul because there's some reason why he's been paying you more all these years than me, right? Yes. And all of a sudden now I'm making more money just for no reason. <laughs> wow, the cultural issues that go along with this, right? Yes, they're very big. So, so try to explain to employees why you're adjusting the pay and how you're adjusting the Cause, pay. Because I found that while you, in my long corporate history, you tell people that pay is confidential, this isn't to be shared, but somehow this information gets out. Okay, well, that's a part of the new law. The new law says that, A, when you hire an employee, actually when you, when you are interviewing an employee, an interviewing employee has the right and you are then obligated to respond with the pay range for that job. Okay, a pay range, that's okay. reasonable, yeah. Number two, employees have a right to discuss their wages with each other. Oh my God, that's a part of the law? That's a part of So you can't say to people that's confidential anymore? That's right, you cannot. <laughs> I'd be breaking the law not knowing it. That's, that's right. Gosh, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have any employees either in this conversation. Holy cow, all right. So it's not that hard for them to figure out something isn't not right. 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 They talk among themselves at the break room now that they're yeah. empowered. Hey, if someone would like to learn more about your business, personnel, systems, associates, how do they find you online? Uh, they should go to www.personnelsystems.com. So that's P-E-R-S-O-N-E-L-S-Y-S-T-E-M-S.com. All right. Well... I think based on the quality of the content that you delivered, that's a well worth trip to go and find her website, ladies and gentlemen. And obviously your contact information and everything else is provided there. You know, I have to thank you for being a friend of the program and part of the critical mass community. I'm going to have to get you into my community to talk to my business owners about this. This, is, this will be an interesting conversation to say the least. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. All right, and I'd also like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, who we referenced a little bit earlier in the show, as well as our producers, who out, without whom we wouldn't have a show, frankly, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, and I would love to connect with you on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. You can find me as Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Once we get connected on LinkedIn, we can, we can explore other social media channels. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions We'll move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.